Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm John. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube, Twitch, X slash Twitter. Maybe we're later on Spotify, Android, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. It's all good. Uh, I'll tell you what. We have a ton of great guests for you this evening that I can't wait to talk to. But we are going to have to wait. Because even though wow. the month is almost over, we haven't really, again, been at the same place at the same time for a while. So this is music, usually what I we do at the beginning of saying. the month. Usually at the beginning of the month, we uh, pay tribute. What? Turn down the music. I can't hear what you're saying. The no music. music don't, don't do that. <laughs> what? There's no music playing. Oh, Pete's oh, this is working out so great. Justin Scratchy, Pete is gone. Um, tell you what, usually what we do at the beginning of the month is we give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. We usually wait until all three of us uh, are doing it, but this is a total disaster already. So, Justin, you want to just jump into it and read their names? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, my Let's God. You are echoey and so scratchy. What does that mean? That scratchy? I don't know. I'll just do it by myself. I'll just start reading some names, right? Okay, okay. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, you are you are echoey and scratchy. This is great. This is good. This is good for an audio podcast. Um, tell you what, should we just jump into our guests and start talking to our guests? No, don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> oh here. my gosh. What? I'm good. Let's go. Okay, yeah, let's go. Do you want to do Patreon or do you want to welcome in a guest? What would you like to do? Patreon, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so once a month, we give a shout out to people at the $5 and up level on our Patreon. A big thank you to them. Of course, thank you to anybody who supports us. Um, but the, this is what the level is about. So here we go. Thank you to Oitis Larson. Aaron C. Hollis. Adam DeRose. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Andrew Primo. Andrew Tillman. Ashy G. Beercat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Carrie Matthews. Chris Leatherman. Christina Jeremillo. Christina Rensfield. Chris Terlizzi. Clemens Luer. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Danny Debbie Gloom. <laughs> Dennis Scott. Uh, Derek Mainhart. Doug Sadaway. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Enrique Chumbes. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVilliers. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jaron Townsend. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. John Henderson. Jonathan Chong. Jonathan McCool. Joshua W. Broxson. Julian Lombardo. KC Newhaven. Kelby. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Louis, Liwana Thomas. 
Luke, a sink. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Matthew Tupama. Michael Tillman. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick G. Nick Grayson, potentially different. Official. Could be different. We, we've never asked. Yeah. Official CBC chef, Brett Macris. Omnia Solart. Oren Dix. Pedro A. Wrangle. Provocative Ambulance. <laughs> Reb Mikey. Reb, Robert Pedinato. Roxanne Tyler. My mom. Riley yeah. Trahan. Unrelated. Sarah Schottmuller, also Sarah, unrelated. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamila Rush. Taylor Bryan. The Big Flood. The 12 Badge. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. William Leach. Zachary Bachman. And Zika's Viral Comics. Let's go. Thank you, everybody. If you would like to subscribe, patreon.com slash comic book club for $2 and above, you get access to our back catalog of podcasts from 2011 to 2022 to be updated at the end of the year. But that's thousands of podcasts, some of which are not online anymore. Also, you get access to our Patreon Slack where you get recipes for real from our CBC <laughs> chef number one recipe. number one recipes and then maybe some comic book chat as well uh but it's very fun and we have a good time and we do hope you join us um there you go listen like i said we have a lot of guests so we definitely should get to them very excited to have our first guest on she is the creator of be that way which is out right now from holiday house ladies and gentlemen hope larson hope welcome Hi. hello Thank you for bearing with us at the beginning of the show. First of all, it's much appreciated. Oh, thanks for thanks for having me on. And it, it really um, brings the pressure down for me <laughs> when y'all have technical problems. So thank you. It's just a little play we do to make everyone feel at ease. Uh, yeah. the show. Oh, no, it's not working. Oops, what, why? Oh, come on, we're professionals. We, we yeah. do this all the time. Recently, I, I gave a presentation about my book and I cried during the presentation. I just got very emotional and I cried and I was very embarrassed that all the other authors said, you know, you should cry every time because it makes people yeah. like you more. <laughs> Can you teach me how to cry? To... <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, I, I love this book and this is, I think, a very different book but, uh... for you. Just, oh, just in terms of structure. So the idea of the book is, is essentially it's this diary of a teen girl in the 90s talking about her life, talking about her loves, but the format that you use there is so interesting. It goes between diary and graphic novel style pages and some pages that just have spot illustrations. Um, I, th I thought it was just fascinating even to look at, even regardless of the content. Uh, what led to this approach? Why, why do this in this way? Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I've been describing it as a hybrid book, I guess, because I don't really know that there's a better term for what this thing is. It's diary format, so it mixes prose, uh, illustration, comics, sort of collage type stuff. And um, I always wanted it to be this diary of a girl who is finding herself as an artist. And I wanted to just really show somebody who is exploring creatively and just sort of like throwing everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I kind of wanted to do that myself as I was mm -hmm. making the book. So it's just like this big sort of sprawling, messy thing. And it was, I, I kind of just explored my way through it until it finally started to gel, which took quite a long time. <laughs> 
this feels like a, a big undertaking. And I mean, I don't know how, it's hard to tell how personal this is or how much of this you know, maybe you did when you were young. Like, were you an avid journalist? Uh, no. And were you drawing within your journals, I guess? No, I'm like, I'm neither a person who keeps a diary or somebody who keeps a sketchbook. It's like, it's just life. Wow. Um, I always wanted to be somebody who did, you know, I feel like this is this idea of what a diary or a sketchbook could be if you were um, really on top of it and really uh, giving it your all like every night. And I, at the end of the day, I just want to be anywhere except inside my own head. So I don't, I don't journal. Well, so since you don't, did you look at other people's diaries for reference or is it just a general knowledge of okay this is kind of what a diary is or what you're imagining this particular character's diary would be like yeah i didn't look at and i don't know how i would look at somebody else's diary you'd you have sneak to into steal a diary bedroom. alex you'd have to you sneak into their bedroom when they're gone you go into the I drawer i don't have teenagers so that's yeah. a real problem you know if <laughs> yeah. i did as a father maybe of I would a teen daughter like, alex <laughs> i worry for you <laughs> Yeah, I, I just made it up, and I, I would have been a much cooler teenager if my life had actually resembled the story. But I was just, you know, big dork, not popular, not going out and and getting into trouble or going to parties or anything like that. Well, then, just to dive a little deeper into the approach. Then, as you're going through it, what led to something where you said, "Okay, this is a prose page," or this goes all the way in graphic novel, or this is somewhere in between, or was it just really just a matter of feeling it out as you went? I really did just feel it out as I went. Um, I was trying to have an interplay between the prose and the imagery. And I would just kind of know how much, like, you know how much is going to fit on a comic page if you write comics or draw comics. Like you have an idea of how much story and like content will fit onto that page before it feels like overstuffed. So I was kind of just trying to bring that same approach to the prose and the illustration. And sometimes it would be like prose, prose, prose. And I would want just an illustration or something to give you, have you like take a breath, you know, to give a little breather in the story. Uh, I love speaking of like what kept me sort of driving through and it's such a small thing, but you, you underline like movies and, and books and like media that are referenced in here. And it really, I was like, Ooh, what's that? You could, I could see it on the edge of my vision. And I was like, Oh, what's the next. Cause I, the references are really hitting for me as maybe a similarly aged person. Uh, to when That's this funny. Is here comes another reference. I see it out of the corner of my eye. I mean, truly, I was like, what's the coming up next? Cause <laughs> they were hitting me in just the right way. So I was looking forward to the, every time there was a Awesome. So why did you choose to underline those things? Um, because it's grammatically accurate. And <laughs> I mean, it would be like italicized if it was normal text. Right. And I knew that the copy editor was going to come down on me if I didn't do that. And also, I just felt weird about it. Well, to broaden uh, so it funny. out. Oh, well, sorry, real quick, Alex, on that. Yeah. Because I feel like I was like reading into it so hard. I was like, oh, this this is, stuff is so important to her. So, of course, she's underlining it. It's meaningful. And you're like, no, that's just how we write in English. <laughs> <laughs> so, noted. <laughs> uh, I did want to broaden it out a little bit uh, to talk about the references. Because, again, it's set in the 90s, like we mentioned earlier. 
why that setting? Is that just because like to you that says teen setting or was the, could it have been set in the eighties? Could it have been set in the two thousands or was there something palpable about the nineties to you? Well, the nineties were when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So Christine in the book is like two years older than I was in 1996, which is when I set the book. And um, Be That Way is set in Asheville, North Carolina, which is my hometown. And I wanted to mm-hmm. reflect the city as it was at that specific time. But because I was like 14 to Christine being 16 in 96, I didn't have the freedom to like roam around and I didn't, I couldn't drive obviously. So I wanted her to have that freedom and I wanted to show the city at the specific time. So that's, that's why, why Christine is 16 in, in 1996 and why it's set in the nineties. I, there... I have like all these memories of, of growing up here and I really wanted to pay tribute to that because I'm getting, I'm 41 and I feel like I'm just getting to this point where that is so long ago and there's so much I don't remember. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to put yeah. it all in a little time capsule for myself. Was there anybody you were thinking of? Obviously like very clearly, it's not specifically a biograph. It's not an autobiography. It's not specifically your experience, but was there somebody from your high school experience that maybe was a couple of years older that you were kind of picturing at least initially for this book? <laughs> That's such a good question. Um, no. I like Alex here trying anything... to find out who was cool. In- <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hang out with him. I don't know. I, I want to hang out with cool people. That would be cool. Emily, no, no, it seems like. Emily? I, I mean, I, my I, social I, circle was just like all the goody, goody, yeah. the goody two shoes girls. So I mm. was like the the black sheep in my my peer group, and I was not getting up to anything exciting. So mm. I, I had no idea who was actually cool. Yeah. Or I didn't know the cool people who were older. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about the arc of the book as we follow this character. I mean, there's romance stuff in there. There is her finding herself as an artist, like you talk about. How how did you work on balancing all of those elements throughout? Uh, it was a total nightmare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this book lasts an entire calendar year, which mm-hmm. is... When I when I sold the book to Holiday House, my editor, Margaret Ferguson, pretty much warned me that this was going to be very difficult to pull off. But we've been working together for a really long time and, and she was willing to like go on this journey with me, basically. Um, usually when I write a graphic novel, the timeline is a lot smaller. It'd be like a couple of months, something like that. And then trying to set a story that spans a whole year figuring out that's like a long time, especially when you're a teenager, like so much can happen and so much happens in this book. Um, So I actually like really got lost in this story for a long time. There's like, it's, we start in uh, January. So it's like a, she's been given this diary for Christmas or something. And she starts journaling in the new year, thinking about, you know, the person that she wants to be and wanting to be like this cool, shiny person and, and you know, just sort of like step it up. And, you know, we follow her through, through spring, which sort of is focused on Christine and her best friend, Landry, who's this, this troublemaking, sort of like this lost girl. Um, they, they have a falling out. And then there's summer, which is, 
um, mostly wrapped up in Christine and this this like romance, this like summer romance. And then she writes letters back and forth to this guy that she likes. So there's spring, which is Landry. There's summer, which is um, Christine and Wit and the romance stuff. And then we get into fall and the romance is falling apart. And um, Christine is starting to like realize she's alone. Like she's mm -hmm. lost all these key people in her life and trying to figure out who she really is. And mm -hmm. fall and winter is, is her figuring that out. Um, so yeah, I really got lost in this story for a long time. And I did four drafts of this book. And every time oh, I wow. got my notes back, I would throw away like a third of the book. So I was throwing away like 80, 90 pages of mm. art oh. and text, which is crazy. And so <laughs> after the third draft, I sent the third draft in and I was like, yeah, nailing it. Like, this is finally working. I get the notes back and Margaret's like, it's not working. Oh. So I flipped, I flipped out. I almost canceled the book. Cause I was like, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. Um, and the advice that Margaret gave me was to to make it make it um, really solidify the timeline. So like little stuff, like what day of the week does Christine have like English class or journalism? You know, after school, the new the school paper. Just nail down when those little things happen, the little details, and it will feel real and it will come together and work. So what I ended up doing was downloading a calendar for 1996 and putting uh, every single awesome. thing that happens in the book on the calendar and looking at it in uh, Acrobat or whatever, mm. seeing it visually really helped me to understand where there was too much happening or not enough happening and to sort of like massage the story and to get all those little details right. And it finally, after I did that, I once again threw away like 80 pages of the book, but that, that last draft was in, it finally worked. So that's crazy. So you were literally like on that calendar being like, wow, Thursday's too busy here. Yeah. And you would have to like, yes. wow, that is, it's like life. You lived this book so many yeah. different times. Um, well, I, I, I would say, I think it comes through and I say this complimentarily that it feels I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word to use here because it it feels sort of wavy as you're reading it. Like she is just living her life and the things are going along and they don't necessarily follow the typical three act structure you would feel coming out of a book so much as her living her life. So uh, all of that effort, I think, really does come out there when you are reading it. So it works. Thank you so much. Yeah. I agree. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you about the scripting process. Just one other question, not to dive back into the structure, but when you were putting together the script, were you writing everything in advance and then saying like graphic novel page here, spot illustration here, or was that something you discovered through the second go round when you were actually putting it together physically? I, I did an outline okay. for the book. So I was like basically working off an outline and then just going straight into writing it and drawing it like page by page, just moving forward that way. Mm. Wow. 
Uh, well, the book is amazing. Uh, I love it. Uh, what to ask you, I know this just came out a couple of weeks back, but um, first of all, I guess, what what has the reception been like? Have you been able to tour it around? Uh, obviously, you did some talks and talked to people about it. So what have, how have people been reacting to the book? I, I mean, it seems like the reception has been good. I've been doing mostly regional stuff because it's it's a book that's, you know, I live in Asheville and it's a book about Asheville. So I've sort of been focusing in this area. Um, mm. I just went down to SCAD over the weekend, uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, and talked to the kids there, which was super fun. And what I learned is that uh, the references in this book are not current anymore. Yes. <laughs> That's why I like it so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So it's, I think it's kind of like, it's, it's a YA book, but it's also, you know, a book for people in their 40s as well <laughs> well there you go bright show to talk about it on um just to go ahead hey, can here. you can you teach me how to throw away like 80 pages of my teen years i i think, feel like i need a rewrite on some of my life that's possible um i think that's just... what drinking is for <laughs> oh, there we go. thank you cheers to that <laughs> um just before we wrap up here, what's next for you? Are you taking a well-deserved breather at this point and just working your way through this book? Or do you have something else that you're already ramping up on? Uh, right now, I'm wrapping up pencils on my next middle grade graphic novel, which is going to be for um, Harper Alley. And it's about an eighth grade girl who has dyscalculia, which is basically like the dyslexia of numbers, math dyslexia. Mm. So... Cool. Oh, oh and we actually got a question here before I, before I let you go. There's That's a question awesome. here from YouTube. This is from Stanley says, would Hope ever want to work at DC or Marvel? I did work at DC for a bit. I wrote Batgirl. Uh, mm -hmm. It was really fun. Yes. And the um, the deadlines were hell. My God. <laughs> the turnaround on those things is so fast and so relentless. I would probably go back to it, but maybe not when I have a small child at home. Yeah. Mm, fair. So maybe in a couple of years. All right. Uh, awesome. Hope oh, congratulations on the book. Again, it's fantastic. So good. Uh, thank you so much thank you. for coming on. It was good seeing you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. So Bye. All right. Once again, the book is called Be That Way. It's out now from Holiday House. It is absolutely awesome. And we are going to bring in our next guest. Uh, he is the creator behind Artificial, which is also out now. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris O'Hara. Chris, welcome. Hello. Hey, hey guys. Hey. hey. Uh, thanks so much for coming out. Uh, this book is wild. <laughs> um, yes. I, 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 I kind of want to give the pitch, but I also kind of don't want to give the pitch. What What can you say of the pitch for this one? Could you pitch it so I don't ruin any of the uh, Yeah. Yeah, you can't so, ruin it. Well... Yeah, I tried not to ruin it with like the quote unquote elevator pitch, but it's uh, when humanity has succumbed to its own creation, three unlikely heroes will be called from the past to fight against our soulless AI overlords. I mm. almost have that flawless, but I, I'm, I stumble every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, here's the thing, though. Can I mention just one thing about it? Because I feel like the first couple of pages, one of those three people is Vincent Van go Correct. and yeah. the first half three quarters of the issue maybe two-thirds of the issue you're really just spending time with him as he's exploring yeah. himself art wise and 
sort of going through as Vincent Van Gogh does, goes through depression. He's seeing he's paintings in the sky. He's very down on himself. Things get pretty bad, and that's when things get pretty weird. Um, what led to that structure? Why spend so much time with Vincent Van Gogh as Vince Van Gogh before you bring in the sci-fi weirdness? Well, so I'll try and make a lot of this brief, but Vincent Van Gogh is the main protagonist. Um, so I wanted to kind of really dive into where he's at in quote unquote life. Um, now he was not originally the main protagonist for this book. I originally had a whole different idea for what I wanted to write. I actually was writing this for, uh, a couple different artists. Some of them, they weren't allowed to be even named. So like I had, uh, Bob oh. Ross was one of them. I mean, I can name him now because talks are over. I actually had a meeting with Bob Ross's estate. So that was fun. Um, wow. but he was not, he That's... was not allowed to be involved with this book, which is fair. So Vincent Van Gogh was always supposed to be part of it, but I literally had to do a, a mid pitch pivot during pitching to yeah. Bob Ross's uh, estate and his ex-wife, um, to this concept. So, I kind of just on the fly ad libbed a new story to, to this just boardroom of people, which was kind of fun and scary. Um, but then when I left there, I was like, all right, well, Bob Ross is out. Let's see what happens. So then we just <laughs> I just started writing from a different perspective, almost to your almost to hope. I had a full issue written that went out the window, uh, uh, replaced man. Bob Ross with Vincent. And it's a comp. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how big of a pivot it would be, but it was really enjoyable to kind of open up Vincent Van Gogh. I was only vaguely familiar with him, um, and then when I realized that I that he would be a perfect fit for this for this storyline, at least as the main protagonist is like a reluctant leader. Um, I did a deep dive into him and his past and his life. And it was so enjoyable. It's just the amount of research I had to put into it to make sure it was yeah. as true to life as possible. So doing all that research, I felt like it would have gone to waste if I opened it with just him killing robots. I really wanted uh, to kind of show Vincent Van Gogh and, and where he was in life. Cause this is um, technically the later days. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about Vincent Van Gogh, but he, attempted suicide so this does deal with a couple like mature themes um uh, there's a bunch of issues bunch of mental mental health issues with him uh, a lot of it came from like lead paint back in the day which was an interesting read as i was uh that was one of the main causes at least that's what everyone thinks um so anyway i really wanted to show like this panel right here just showing him kind of down on his luck not really feeling worthy or or worth anything uh, and we wanted to show some of these moments of where, how he sees the world. So my artist, Gabriel Fonseca from Brazil, who's incredible, was able to kind yeah. of take some of these liberties of like, uh, of figuring out what the, the night sky would look like to Vincent Van Gogh on a rainy night where he's down on his luck. He's going home. Uh, and that's what brings him joy in this panel. So. I often find yeah. myself choosing between Van Gogh and Bob Ross. Just well, I mean, like, which painting should I hang up? Happy it's little original. trees, sunflowers. It's basically the same thing. So yeah, like I said, it was going to be a very big pivot because Bob Ross was going to be this cheerful guy with like a little mm -hmm. talking squirrel and everything. And then, and then I was like, well, I guess we're going with Vincent. 
Yeah, that's wild that you'd be that's that That's a changed. wild idea to hear that. Uh, I will say, though, the idea, I, it's pretty clear, but I'd love to hear you talk about it anyway in terms of where it came from to have artists versus AI. Yeah. You would say it out loud. Again, I, I know where it comes from, but... If kinda, you yeah, you kind of have an idea. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that... You're, which side are you on, Alex, is the real question. Sounds like... Machines, clearly. Useful. You got to let them... We're on mm-hmm. YouTube. The machines. Exactly. Um, yes. But, yeah. <laughs> Don't shut us down. We've had enough tech problems tonight already. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah they, clearly. They knew we were going to talk about this. They wanted me out from the get-go. Um, <laughs> so I, I originally, like I said, I originally had Bob Ross planned. It was actually going to be more of a Evil Dead idea of like zombies and demons uh was kind of going to be my plan um and then when they said bob ross and and this is just peek behind the curtain a lot of thought did go into the story once i figured out where it needed to go but it was definitely a bob ross is fighting zombies they're like no that's not okay he can't be violent and not against like a human i was like gotcha bob ross is now fighting robots and they're like (laughs) okay and and that let the the conversation go a little bit further um but there we go but it still stalled out so then from that point on we had to figure out where else we needed to go and when i picked vincent van gogh as the traditional artist that was i started writing this right as um mid journey i don't know if any of these trigger any um uh things for some of your watchers i'm sure as artists it would or, or people watching the scene right yeah. now but mid journey and and all these different and dolly uh all these ai art programs started popping up and getting really popular so it kind of just i kind of stumbled into this idea of of the perfect and in a perfect um silliness kind of world of like who would be best to fight against ai art or robots as it would end up being would be traditional artists. So let's pull back from uh, Vincent van Gogh. And, and uh, one is kind of the spoiler for the end. So I won't say it, even though if you look at the campaign, you'll see it on a uh, Indiegogo uh, Marie Cassatt. Uh, so it was just fun getting, and then that's a big culture clash. So it's been enjoyable to write that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so wait, sorry, I should have looked this up. I'm looking it up right now. But the Indiegogo campaign, is that going right now? Is yeah. That... Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so talk a, bit, a little bit about that. What can people expect if they back it on Indiegogo? So the book is complete. Um, we already did a successful Kickstarter, but uh, to be completely transparent, I started i was not on twitter or anything i was nowhere i was kind of just in my own world i wasn't on social <laughs> media and then my buddy uh john was like you probably should should do that otherwise no one knows about your book <laughs> so i i hired an art- artist completed this book jumped on twitter and within like two months started a kickstarter no one knows who i am or where where i came from or anything so i set a low goal a goal i'm sorry goal which ended up funding but Obviously, mm-hmm. not enough, as you guys, I'm sure, are somewhat familiar with how much like an indie book costs, roughly. Um, so this is kind of a second chance campaign now that I've gained a little bit more of a following. Um, but the book is completely finished. Uh, we are actually current work, currently working on issue two. So uh, hopefully we'll actually have that completed in November. I'm really excited for that. But um, you'll get the standard edition. We have a propaganda edition if anyone wants to look it up. It's like a black and white. It's almost like a Sin City vibe, uh, black and white with a little splash yeah. of color. I'm really proud of that uh, version, almost more than standard edition, to be honest. 
wow. and then we have a we have a cool collector's version and then an enhanced bundle if you want awesome. some really cool goodies uh that is great i i really did love this book i think it yes. is wild where it goes by the end because you really don't see it coming as you're reading it yet yeah, not knowing yeah. that the twist there i was like i read it and i was like whoa and I was like, well, let me read that again, make sure I know this is a dream or something. I, but, and then I had a second, like, okay, wait a second. Let me just reread this one more time. <laughs> and it really, it's re it's rare to have something that really gets you that way. So like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Good luck with the book uh, on the Indiegogo campaign. And yeah. fingers crossed it works out. I would love to see the second issue. Yeah, if I, yeah. whenever it comes out, I'll let you know and I'll send it your way. And Please do. do this again, maybe. That sounds Please, awesome. Please come on back. All yeah. right, thanks, All right, Chris. Thanks. Keep, keep tracking down Bob Ross if you can. We're, we'll, <laughs> get trying, man. we'll get it. We'll get that guy. We'll <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, there we go. Once again, the book is called Artificial. As mentioned, it's on Indiegogo right now, and you can check it out from Chris O'Hara. And we are going to bring in our. What do you think? Well, real quick, real oh, quick, yeah. Alex. What's before up? we go, What's what up? do you think happened with Pete? He was here at the beginning of the show. <laughs> And he literally, the music was playing. He was like, turn I'm, I'm a little worried now. because someone saying, turn off the music, please. You have to turn off the music and then disappearing. That's not good. <laughs> no, I was like, um, the world finally caught up with him. Um, yeah. So I, Pete, come back, come back soon. Yeah, it's fine. He's probably lurking in the comments or something like that. What I'm going to yeah, bring in great. our final guests. They are the creators of the book, The Greylock. Scout Comics, which I believe is out tomorrow. So this is Book Eve, uh, ladies Eve. and gentlemen. Boof, Book Eve. Uh, Laya Shaki and Adagun Ilhan. Hello, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so good. Hey. Excited to have you here. Excited to talk about this book. Before we get into it, though, I believe you were tabling this a little bit at New York Comic Con this weekend. What was that experience like? It was it was intense. It was overwhelming. I've been attending to New York Comic Con for I think five years, six years, and this one was the most packed one. Yeah. Hence, I came down with flu. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. Oh no. Well, Instant thank you for flu. hanging out. I'm uh, soldiering on. Don't worry. All right. Wow. Yeah. You got uh, the Comic Con crud. Yeah, Eli. How yeah. is it for you? Are you Are you feeling okay? Um, no, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I wasn't at the table uh, really that much. Um, we, you know, I was mainly walking around trying to, you know, just see, you know, hey, you know, we've got this book at this booth. Uh, you know, are you interested in it? And also doing my best to schmooze with people that, you know, in the pro lounge that I could, you know, just corner and say, look at this book. <laughs> Read this. Exactly. Yeah. Reading it aloud to them. Yeah, I was yep. there uh, Saturday and Sunday, I think. And Saturday, I was like, whew, this is yeah. really crowded this year. And then Sunday, I was like, this is worse. This is way worse somehow. It was. But yeah. also good because, you know, Artist Alley was packed, jam-packed. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, that Yes, from my perspective, as a person who was walking around <laughs> and trying to get battles and things, I was like, this is bad. <laughs> this, is, this is too much. But absolutely, I mean, the time I spent in Artist Alley, it was kind of incredible. Everybody, uh, you know, I'm sure... I don't want to talk for everybody, but everybody that I heard from was like, oh my God, I'm selling so much stuff. People are actually walking around. They're actually buying it. So very cool. 
Uh, let's actually talk about this book because, like we said, this is book release eve for you. This is the Grey Lock. Uh, and this is another book on this show that I think spins out in some wild ways that you're not expecting. Yes. Um, again, I, this is repetitious of our last guest, but I do want to ask you guys before I spoil anything in particular. Um, Eli, maybe do you want to pitch the book for us? Okay. <laughs> so oh quick elevator pitch. Um, he's an outlaw mage, um, has to, you know, be a wand for hire, kind of live on the edges of society. And uh, he's given a um, kind of deal of a lifetime. There's the last of a telepathic species called a mind witch. Um, she's been spotted within the city of Manhattan. And she, this, uh, this person wants the Greylock to find her, capture her, and she will, um, you know, give him a king's ransom. She'll help him, you know, not be a Greylock anymore. Hmm. All right. Well, you mentioned a lot more than I, I thought you were going to. So why don't we jump in? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's first fine. issue, like, it, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be within the first issue anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, one of the things that I really love about this book is it starts almost like Blade-esque. You're reading and you're like, okay, there's a dude. He's fighting vampires and the vampire fights look very cool. But then slowly you start to piece in more and more things about the world and mythology that make it spit out in wild ways. Um, Eli, we'll stick with you and then Attica will move over to you. But Eli, what led to this approach? And then Attica, I'm curious to hear from you. What was it like drawing all of these different modes from the vampire fights at the beginning to blowing it out into almost this Blade Runner-esque city? Um, I, you know, of course, you, you talk about Blade. I love Blade <laughs> so much. That is um, clear. It's like original Blade, like no no nonsense guy who's just like, here I go again. And right. Like Alex is saying, when you open up the world, it really catches you off guard in a great way. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we wanted to kind of just take the beginning, show who the Greylock is, you know, because if you you strip it down to his bare parts, it's really about him, you know. This is a very lonely guy, you know. You see him, you know, talking to, you know, you know, just narrating, setting up traps, and you know, just going about his life. And you know, he's essentially he's talking to the vampires, and you know, just kind of hazing them while he, you know, fights them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, Adam, yeah, what about you? Can you talk about building this world a little bit? Because obviously you need, like Eli is saying, to introduce this character. So you need to solidify what he looks like as well. But then you have this big, wide world around him at the same time. Yeah. I One of my favorite movies are, of course, Blade Runner and, you know, Matrix. First movie, especially. Um, the, mm. the, the, the following two is like little, I'm skeptical on these. I have conflicted thoughts. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I grew up as, like, a huge, huge fan of big nerd of these, like, fantasy creatures and cyberpunk universe with all the, you know, sci-fi machines and incorporated with these very, I don't know, seedy underground, you know, bars and all the, you know, people. Um, and we're actually stepping up in terms of the scale and character uh, portfolio a lot in following issues where we introduced so many different creatures like goblins and, you know, um, another gang members coming up, rolling up on him. Um, so it's going to just get super interesting and exciting after, after this issue. 
let alone this is really good. I have a biased opinion, of course. <laughs> Strong bias. Strong yeah. bias is the, and, is the okay. creator. By the way, guys, I've been watching you for like some of the reviews here and there. Yes, um, I'm a little, I like seeing my, you know, seeing reviews out there for my work, like for the Poison Ivy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I really like how you gave this comprehensive review on Poison Ivy. So thank you. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, for Love sure. It. You've been doing great work. Uh, so okay. I was excited to see you on this as well. I, I mean, let me ask you, just to get back to like the character Greylock himself, Eli, obviously you put something down on a page in terms of here's what the character is like, and then Adagun, you're interpreting that and adding things to it. So what was the back and forth there? Because obviously nailing the look of that central character is so important. Um, I think Eli is great with this... Uh, these concepts and these universe he's like well you know super knowledgeable in that sense so he gave me like a very established description of the character designs and he had really like a, a great frame of thought about how these characters should look like and then I add my spice onto it basically I didn't do much you know it was already set up um, but what I did was to make it extra extra interesting in terms of the action scenes and you know yeah well I added like extra belt you know, and just <laughs> thought more about like visual impact. How can I like make it more visually impactful? So I extend it. I mean, look at that page right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is a perfect page. That's one of my that's one of my favorite pages from uh this is this is me right now after the con actually. Um, <laughs> but wow. yes, just you know, a little touch here and there, but the mostly it, it's all ally, you know, he's 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 like amazing with this. Um, yeah, I appreciate Dialogues that. Dialogues also, but it, but it's just it's just words on the page, and it's just Pinterest boards without you know <laughs> thousands, now, thousands of Pinterest, thousands. Yeah, our Pinterest. He doesn't like. Uh, it's not that he doesn't like it. I'm excessive with the Pinterest boards. I was gonna yeah, say it sounds like maybe yeah you go too far and it's just yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's not yeah he was like why don't we create like build a Pinterest board and I was like yeah go for it. And then, like, next week, I open up that Pinterest. <laughs> Thousands. Um, now, Eli, when, you, when you're crafting the larger sort of fantasy world here, like, how do you pick and choose which pieces? Like, we have goblins coming, but does that mean, like, goblins over dwarves? Are we going to see uh, what different sort of uh, mythological and fantastical creatures are we getting into? Well, I think that... You know, because this is, you know, the city is Manhattan, right? And so, you know, obviously that puts in your head, it's kind of like, um, you know, obviously it's the, this parallel kind of word, world's New York City kind of deal, right? And so with New York City being like this giant melting pot, you have all these different cultures. Um, I believe Adagoon, you know, did a great job of just putting as much as he could. You know, while, you know, there are, cultures that we dive into, you know, goblins, we definitely dive into them, see like kind of what their deal is here, definitely with dwarves as well. Um, what I tried to focus on was, you know, not throwing everything and the kitchen sink in is kind of focusing more on like, how does this help the story? Does the scene, is the scene impactful? Um, and then just kind of trying to look at how is the gray lot going to, you know, interact with this. 
Well, so from both writing and an art perspective, when you are dealing with these creatures that have been in so many different forms of media, particularly, say, vampires, as an example, how much is it top of mind to be like, I'm going to do something entirely different that nobody has ever seen before versus, okay, this approach worked, we can tweak it in this way and change it a little bit so it feels like our own? I mean... Definitely from the writing perspective, you need to poke fun at some of the things that every single like iteration does. The hissing. Mm-hmm. The hit yeah, I, I really just like the exaggerated S's, the very like for some reason, I guess the fangs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but that's the yeah. thing. Like in every vampire like movie or something like that, you know, like there's always there's always hissing, you know, mm-hmm. for some reason. And so uh- well, Adagam, what about you from an art perspective when you're approaching, again, just to use this specific example, but vampires, how much is are you thinking of previous approaches versus how you can tweak it for your own approach? Um, I think you have to build, have a sense of hierarchy as you go along illustrating these pages. So, you know, vampires are not like on the, on the higher echelon. So I have to make them, including uh, one of these like small like, imps or something. Forgot their names anyway. So they had to look like shabby and like very like in, you know dressed down. And zombies kind of a uh, in the action sh- action scene they're kind of faltering here and there. You know they're not very good at it actually. Um, but <laughs> my, my mostly this is how I approach this is like you you know we consume these like cyberpunk you know fantasy movies and you know old elements in pop culture, and you can't stop thinking. What if it was like this? And what if, what is like, this doesn't make any sense in terms of hierarchy and relationship to that. So I kind of uh, these um, work on these thoughts and apply to gray life. Like, for instance, we have, we have magic, right? And we have also cyberpunk. That's interesting. So combine these two things. We came up with a little bit like a little spoiler, but do you want me to, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I will give just one because the other one is like I think. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't say it. <laughs> it's like, don't say it. You're not allowed to. The most badass thing ever. I will leave it for a following months when you will. Thank you. Maybe we'll do an interview again. Um, there it is. But Jeez. the one is like we combine unicorn with with a with a like a yeah. cyber, cyberpunk. Um, you know what do you call it? It's a cent. It's a un- I don't know. It's a unicorn centaur. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, <laughs> The one when they abduct. Well, that's a spoke. Anyways, it's hard, it's hard not to talk about it. Unicorns. Yeah. yeah. Unicorns. Yeah. Good. Well, My it, kids are going to love it. All yeah. Right. It sounds like from just hearing you guys go back and forth that it really let your imaginations go wild. Uh, how, what was that back and forth like? Was it Adigan, you throwing out visual ideas and Eli, you adding them in? Were they all in the script back and forth? Uh, what was the relationship like there? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, there were definitely, like, late night messages where I was just like, hey, it was like, I might add this in, and it's like, what do you think about this, or, you know, the last, um, the last couple pages of the issue, you know, that's all added, you know, Mm. Um, the first issue, we wanted to really have it, you know, end in a really good way, and Adig came up with that idea of, you know, this kind of, like, whole city's being, or kind of deal without it getting too to spoilers, yeah. but 
you know, that was all him, you know, and I was just like, okay, awesome. you know, I can write that down and all, you know. Yeah. I, I think more like just visually, you know, mostly. Um, yeah. So when he established the world and brings in into me, I will think of like, what if I was there, like actually in the scene, what would I really want to see? And in cyberpunk world, I really like to see, for instance, like, you know, some Mandarin signs and, and then Arabic letters left and right. You have these, all these like flying, flashy advertisements. And then you have right in the bottom, you have the shabby goblins stuttering, like walking around. And just, just think it through and through of the visual impact. Um, that's where I mostly kicked in, you know, in this project, but mostly, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I love how it came out. Uh, what yeah. uh, you seem spoiler averse, but I'm curious to hear what, if anything, you can tease. Well, I guess the issue is coming out tomorrow. So, what can you? We've talked about that issue a little bit. But what can you tease about the overall arc of the series? If anything, it's a lot of fun action. Um, a story that you know has a lot to do with stuff that's happening today. It's poignant. Um, mm. And, you know, like it's a, you know, I don't know about Adagoon, but for myself, it was a pretty cathartic experience writing this. Um, love the character. I love where he goes. Um, and, you know, you're going to see a lot of fun side characters pop up that I hope you fall in love with. Um, and just, you know, a lot of high octane magic that, you know, you would see in something that's, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, or Legend mm -hmm. of Korra, something like that. That's awesome. Great. Awesome. Great content. Uh, well, guys, the book is great. I'm really looking forward to checking out more. Uh, Justin, you look like you're about to when, say something. Yeah. When are we gonna? Uh, when are you gonna release the Pinterest board? Because I, <laughs> I really like to. I really like to dive in. So the Pinterest board is gonna be just a spoil, like a spoiler smorgasbord. board. That's what I'm talking about. Let me see. Yeah. I want to. No, Here's what you do: throw do throw a couple of recipes on there as well. Throw people for a loop; they won't know what's happening. Yeah, and then also bonus on. good recipes, hopefully. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> uh, awesome guys! Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Attica and feel better. Appreciate it. Yes. Rest out. up. Get the crud out. Guys. Thanks for having us. Go pick up the gray lock tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. yeah get it. Tomorrow. Very good. Yeah. All right. There we go. Once again, it is called gray lock. Oh. <laughs> oh pete welcome back in. <laughs> uh pete's gonna be picking up the gray lock yeah comics which is out tomorrow 10 18 i shocky i love uh the art it's a really cool badass story i'm i'm really into it there you go and do you know what i'm into i'm into your audience question yeah let's go we got all you have to do audience questions is comments youtube or twitch you can drop them in the comments later on i guess on the podcast but we're not going to get them so so there you go uh but while we're <laughs> waiting for some questions to come in <laughs> you seem so frazzled pete i'm so sorry uh this week well every week brett macris aka straight bullet aka straight bullies there we go i wanted to give you one oh. pete uh, so you felt a little better. Uh, he designs or curates a drink for us. This week, he did a drink for Justin's birthday. Hey, uh, happy belated, you old yeah, bastard. Justin's belated birthday. Wait, I meant to write down the name, and I completely forgot what it was. It is, I think, Justin's... Here we go. Justin's birthday apple bottom cider. Ooh. There you go. Me. 
Uh, so very cool. Uh, Justin, yeah, did you make yourself apple. your apple bottom cider or not tonight? Apple bottom. I'm going to make one, honestly, after the show. I was going over, my daughter had a math test today and I had to go over oh. with her and it took a long time. Oh boy. So I was uh, doing that right up until the moment. So that's why I, gra I grabbed a, uh, a Genesee, a Jenny Cream now. Oh, classic. A classic. Pete, what about you? Uh, you know, I'm keeping it golden. You know what I mean? I'm drinking the Pony Boy and I'm staying golden. Well, I wanted to make sure that I was drinking something in honor of Justin's birthday, Justin's belated birthday. So I am having a Elysian Night Owl pumpkin ale. I know, how much, I know how much you like the pumpkin beer. Got myself a 12-pack uh, variety pack of Elysian pumpkin beer that I've been working with. What a burden. There's 12 different... Uh, like pumpkin beers? It's a variety of pumpkin beers? It's a variety, what? yeah. There's pumpkin ale, uh, which was pretty good. Like, tastes like a, you're drinking a pumpkin pie that spilled some beer on it. You know, delicious. And then this one, Nothing Night about Owl, that was delicious. it's like a little more bitter. It's pretty good. I like this one better. Uh, there's also a lager and a stout, I think. so. so. Also pumpkin related? Also pumpkin related. <sighs> you're a monster. You're me. Yeah. Hey, man. What a, what happy a birthday. Good. And yeah, no I need to thank me. Happy birthday. Uh, one of the things I got for myself for my birthday is this Krang t-shirt, which truly should be wrapped around Pete LePage's body right now and not mine. <laughs> well, I got my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, man. That's all four, it's all four turtles right there. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we got some questions coming in, so why don't we get to them? This is from Prime Music. Question for the boys. Do you read manga? Have any favorite manga? Mm. I mean... My my manga journey uh, was back in, over our time reading uh, books for Comic Book Club. We've touched on some manga, uh, Death Note. I think we mm -hmm. read, but I'm mine are very basic. I'm a basic manga guy, I guess. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't have the deep dives. Yeah, uh, Death Note, Twentieth Century Boys. Yes. Um, oh my God! I just Lone Wolf and Cub count. Sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a big blind spot of ours on the show. Tell you what, when we hit year 20 of doing the show, we'll switch 100% to manga. Does that sound good? To all you manga. 100%. All 100 wow. manga. We'll get really into it. We'll start reading One Piece and Berserker. Oh, I love One Piece. Exclusively One Piece. <laughs> I mean, that would fill up all of our time, let's be honest. Uh, we got a yeah. question here for Brett, but maybe you guys could answer. What apples work best for the cider? Justin, you question for well, I you make the cider in the recipe, um, uh, which is true. If uh, the, the recipe in the Patreon Slack, Kevin, you can check it out there. Uh, and Brett, yeah, Brett also just echoed that in the comments. So there you go, uh, it's right in there. This is from Stanley. Did Alex or Justin go to New York Comic Con? Anything fun or interesting there? Justin, did you make it out at all? I didn't uh, make it out. No. Uh, yeah, I, but you did, and you yeah. were uh, you did a lot. Right? I, I did I did a fair amount. I was there most of the day on Saturday and Sunday. I didn't make it out Thursday and Friday. Um, like I was saying earlier, it was packed. Like I've seen it packed before, but I, I don't know what happened this year. Saturday was really full, and then Sunday was worse. I think usually Sunday, you know, it's like, it's kids day, it's family's day. It's a little like more open and you can walk around. You could not walk the main con floor. Like there was no way to get around there at all. 
adding in this is a something that i heard from a lot of people like it was a lot more disorganized this year in terms of the panel lines in terms of where they were telling people to go they didn't have a wi-fi sponsor so for example i was trying to find something for my kids and i went to the scholastic booth that they were had this thing where it's like hey scan and pre-order a copy of Heartstopper, and you can get a Heartstopper pin and scan and cop, uh, this thing and order this advanced Dogman related thing, and you'll get like a Dogman plushie. And I was like, perfect. My kids like that. I'll get that. No way of accessing the internet at all. Like, wow. I enjoy the con. The yeah. con is telling you to get offline, cut loose. But and- people need that in order to charge things, you know, and in order to sell things. Like, be, so. That's kind of a huge problem in terms of that's what's happening. But the positive that we were talking about earlier is I spent a bunch of time just wandering around Artist Alley and it was great. That was the one place where I was like, okay, first of all, you tried to hide it. (laughs) They put it, there was this thing in the app where they're like, Artist Alley is the beating heart of Comic-Con. And I was like, okay, I've been wandering around for half an hour and I cannot find it. Like I've been trying to follow your sides. And ultimately it was like in the basement, all the way on the side behind other booths where you couldn't see the signage that said artist alley, but people did find it. It was packed the entire time I was there. Everybody was yeah. absolutely everything. Um, and every comic person that I saw or like saw online was like, well, that was the best con I ever had. Oh my God. So just in terms of that. Great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> TV panels. I went to a bunch of TV panels for work weird uh well it's bad time for tv to be doing yeah. any like but they made, it, like, they made it particularly weird like one of the weirdest things that kept happening was i so i don't really care about wheel of time but like at the prime video panel after two hours and after an hour of talking about wheel of time they were like and here's the showrunner of wheel of time and he's like here's one thing that's gonna happen in season three see you guys later and then the same thing at the percy jackson panel where they had, mind you, interesting, all these behind-the-scenes people who worked on like the production and the sets and the costumes and everything, which I'm interested to hear from. But at the end of the panel, they're like, we got a surprise for you. It's Rick Riordan, who wrote all of the Percy Jackson books. And he's like, want to watch my favorite clip? And everybody's like, yeah, sounds great. And then he was like, bye. <laughs> and it's just, I, I don't know. There was something about it where like nobody was trying at all, which well. was strange. I imagine not having any actors there. Yeah. And they were like, who can be actors while, you know, the stars and all of that part, the faces of the shows, they're also good at selling it Mm -hmm. is a big lesson out of the strike is sort of their half of their job is to go out there and be like, this is exciting. I have charisma. Look, I'm here. Let's watch this and let's answer questions. So I think that's probably a big part of it. I will say the one panel I went to, to that point, that worked the way a Comic-Con panel should work was the Scott Pilgrim Takes Off panel, which was anchored by Brian Lee O'Malley and Ben David Grabinski, who's the co-showrunner of the show. And that was great. That was like people losing their minds, screaming at the footage. They showed off the opening credits. They showed off a scene that was from nowhere in the books or the movie. Or oh, really? Like yeah, like so completely exciting. original. Like, the entire time they're like, please don't hate us for this show. 
Don't hate us at all. If you're not going to be able to watch it, throw your phone in the garbage immediately until you're able to watch it because this is different in ways that you're not going to expect. And in order to do that, we're going to show off the scene. And I won't say it so nobody gets spoiled on this podcast, but you can find out when it is online and I'm sure there's leaks and whatever. But it is legitimately something that you would not expect at all from either thing. Uh, and then the la- they showed off the trailer as well, but it was great. It was It was very fun. Uh, and the best part, apropos of our show, is they spend time talking about the comics as well and talking about like the 20th anniversary stuff that's coming out next year. So huge stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you so, did you get to see any uh, uh, people that, uh, you know, like uh, friends of the show? Did you see Nat Townsend? Did you see Langston? Like who'd you run into? <laughs> I did see Nat Townsend or Langston. I did say hello to Alex Segura, who uh, oh, was yeah, entering yeah. his booth. So he was having a good time. And I did go over to Charles Soule's booth and nabbed oh, yeah. his exclusive comics which i haven't cracked yet a, but i'm excited to check Genies, out. right yeah so he did and i thought this was so cool this is why so like, cool, i had it yeah. right there is he did a con exclusive full comic book of eight billion genies called wish world that focuses on different characters and one of the time periods from eight billion genies so like fully printed limited edition comic wow. and then he did the same thing with the shrouded college stuff which spins off of hell to pay which again it was like it's full comic book explains the shrouded college so again they're sitting upstairs i haven't had time this week to read them yet but i'm excited to uh dig into them man must be so cool to be so busy not to be able to get to comic books you know what i mean well i do have other comic books to read yeah exactly lots alex you go upstairs to you right right now and you go read those comics right now yeah get up there you're grounded your comic book grounded no more comics until you can. Yeah, no more comics until you read your comics. All right, there we go. Yeah. Did you see um, Pablo? I did not see Pablo. I'm sorry. Pete <laughs> running the checklist. <laughs> uh, this is a follow up question from Garbage Shoot Choice, aka Adam Marks, I guess. How do you feel NY Comic Con has changed over the last 10 years or so? I feel like there are fewer, quote, experiences, less swag freebies, fewer big name booths, etc. But still fun, but less value for the money. Um, Excuse me. Um, try, not, try not to cough directly into the mic. If I you mean, can. I, I definitely was walking around. One thing that has changed a lot, which I had talked to a couple of press people about beforehand. The only, So we used to do this glass booth thing where with New Skybox. 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 Very fun. You can look down on the whole con. It was great view. Um, you had like a nice quiet place to do interviews and they would just parade people down the line and do all the interviews. This year, the only people who had a skybox were Popverse, which is the official blog slash entertainment website of Read Pop, who runs New York Comic Con. So just as I was walking the cloud floor, looking up and being like, empty, 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 Popverse, empty, empty. That was weird. I know that's not yeah. exactly what you're asking, but I think that does point to like, they're reshaping the experience around being this, not to use a businessy term, but like a 360 experience for their brand in a certain way. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. There's that. I also think there's just less, the, the comic, the Marvel and DC used to do just a lot more stuff at their booths. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's a little bit gone away. So that's a bit of a change. Well, Marvel was the, the packed. TV. DC didn't have a booth, I don't think, but like Marvel was packed the entire time. I will say the weirdness of the TV panels, I do think put a little more focus on the comic book panels 
that had some interesting announcements, just sort of just mostly yeah. like changing of creative teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you've got that whole room, the one that used to smell horribly of popcorn when they took down the wall that is just full of like, I don't know, nonsense booth now. Like, I don't even know what they are. They're like, come and walk through eBay. And I'm like, I, want, I don't, I don't yeah. want to do that. Why do I want to do that? Well, it also, I feel like New York Comic Con, I mean, all Comic Cons have become a little bit of like, you have a random thing, try to sell it here. And so there's a lot of that. Yeah, there was this new thing, Whatnot, that's been making some big waves, where it was just dudes doing a live stream and you brought over collectibles and they'll sell it live on their live stream, which I was like, oh, that's fun. But also, I don't know, you don't need this much con floor space to be doing this thing, but whatever. This I do I do agree with what uh, Garwood Shoe Droids is saying, though. Like, definitely years ago, you used to get a ton of free, cool swag that was, like, a big reason to get there and get there early, and there's, like, you know, it's just less and less of that. Yeah. I miss my giant con bags. You know what I mean? They, if you went to the TV panels, basically all they gave away was tote bags. I came off with so many tote bags when I came home. There was the oh, the uh, Scott Pilgrim one was cool because it had Ramona's purse printed on the tote bag. Oh, that's smart. That's a keeper. Uh, this is from Brett Macris. What's your favorite technical difficulty? <laughs> <laughs> when you're in a Anyone I'm not, ex- I'm not experiencing are my favorites. Like I like hearing Alex cough into the mic. Yeah, I hate all of it. All of it. I don't like any of them. This is from Kevin. Since there's already been a book about Alex's childhood and a little asterisk here. It was not about my childhood. My mom drew me for the cover, but it's not about me. It's entirely different. Question for Justin and Pete. He's talking about small favors. Oh. (laughs) If anyone turned your earlier years into a book, what kind of book would it be? Hmm. Great. I think it would have to be half animated, you know, and uh, an would, animated book. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Expensive. Yeah. It would be. It would be a, a motion comic for sure. Uh, I don't know. It would be. It'd be a lot of violence, a lot of uh, a lot of blood and guts. This is your mm-hmm. actual early years. Oh right, yeah. Still yeah, yeah, very violent. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe what's the furthest place from here feels like Pete's. <laughs> oh yeah that's definitely that's a good call in a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i don't know like um uh, this is an actual book bridge to terabithia if oh you remember God. that kid book. that's <laughs> oh, no. very sad at, at a point but yeah. like that the whole vibe i think was uh, a little bit my childhood um yeah country oh. countryfied oh. living yeah a lot of like snow and uh uh you know crazy adventures yeah. yeah. This is from Pablo Martinez, who I avoided as much as possible at New York Comic Con. I like, can't I believe you would do him, that. I kept seeing him across Famous, the, the other way. Famous rivalry, yeah. conflict rivalry. Alex Amazon has announced a James Bond reality show. Would you guys see it? It's out next month, by the way. Oh. So what's involved? James like, Bond okay, reality? drink a martini. Is that? Well, we have to drink the right martini. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to tell which one was shaken, which one was stirred. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you have to have sex with a bad girl who's actually good and a good girl who's actually bad. That's wow. really you really cracked, you really cracked the formula. <laughs> I mean, there's only been 25 movies that have done exactly the same thing. Gets me every time. Uh, I mean, what is, is it? A mean, bunch the of girl people... he likes is me. 
is a bunch of people being like trained to be killers uh like what kind of reality show is this james yeah. bond was famously not trained for it. you don't really see him train he just mm. is so maybe it's just someone who can be like maybe it's a that. bunch of people who get really cool weapons and then they film them like uh having horrible accidents and, and oh nice so it's yeah. like an america's funniest home videos type thing there you go but oh, instead of getting funny. kicked to the nuts sure. people die horribly america's fu- <laughs> <laughs> all right this is from nelson kelso have you <coughs> excuse me have you guys checked out the fall in the house of usher i really enjoyed it if not have you guys watched any good spooky scary shows or movies this month yes i have watched all the fall of the house of usher i loved it super fun basically like final destination meets succession uh very like mean show from mike flanagan which you don't expect but yeah. i had a good time did you watch just i haven't watched it yet but it's i'm psyched to it's right at the top of my list i just finished res dog season three yeah best res dog is so that. good so good uh, so definitely um and i'm watching just finishing up the gold uh show on paramount plus from a british show uh, not to give away what I've been binging, uh, watching those two shows and then House of Usher's next. I don't like sco- uh, spooky or scary things. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. This is from Prime Music again. Any comics you're reading currently not featured on the stack that you are enjoying? Mm. I'll throw out there. I picked up the other day this manga, uh, apropos of earlier which is joker one operation joker it's a collection of some shorts that i think oh, yeah. put up digitally and it's about joker and batman are fighting over the chemicals that turn joker into joker batman falls in <laughs> and turns into a baby and so joker has the idea to be like hold on a second i need to raise batman to be batman again because i need a proper enemy so that i can show batman he's wrong so it's just all of these like ludicrous parenting things that Joker Ludic- has to do where he's like, oh, I'm so tired from taking care of baby fat man. And it shouldn't work is like, it's not a hilarious laugh out loud funny, but it's such a dumb premise that they just keep following through yeah. different ways. It's great. It does That's seem fun. great. Also, how old is Joker that he can like, raise batman and then be like okay great my nemesis how old do you think joker is i love saying you're like this this is a crazy comic premise pete's like but how old is he Is he settled is he does he ready to have a kid does he have his own home no i know there's all the stuff where he's overwhelmed and he's like god i'm too tired to do crime because i'm taking well just imagine somebody raising you and then being like okay uh now we have to fight to the death and it's like what dad well, what? he's a baby the entire time. Like that's the concept. I know. What if my mortal enemy Pete raised me from a baby? What would I, what would that be like? That would make sense. Yeah. Um. Ooh, we got. Why don't we go to this one for last? This is from Nelson Kelso again. Misty Plus announced a Gargoyles live action show. Can it work? Yay or nay? I don't... Yes. Yes, I Gargoyles are real. I love Gargoyles. Uh, yeah. That's it? Alex, you doubt it? I just worry that he. it needs to be people painted gray with prosthetics. If it's a bunch of CGI characters running around, I don't really care. 
Oh, interesting. That's gonna be we. I don't know if they'll pull that off. I don't know if they'll. They absolutely choice. won't. They're not going to do yeah. real people. It's absolutely going to be CGI creations, and it's really gonna bump me out. I mean, to get back to the question about scary movies, I watched uh, Little Shop of Horrors with my kids, and was once again blown a horrible idea. No, they had a great time. The I was scary. blown away by like the actual puppet plant that they use in there and there's yeah. such a palpable difference seeing the plant relate to Rick Moranis and relate to the rest of the humans Moranis. versus I was so struck now by like if they did it now it would have been a CGI plant and it would have looked like garbage so anyway well maybe I think we're getting back to that in a lot of ways yeah well, I just want to know who's going to voice goliath and how can they do a keith david you know do keith david any justice he's still well, around right he do it yeah, yeah. um i, I mean he... one more question we should probably hit alex yeah is, uh from stanley any plans to visit pete's new home well we can i i don't remember whether we talked about this in the podcast but we were texting pete and he agreed that first of all we're going to put a banner out front that says comic book clubhouse and then second of mm-hmm. all, we Justin, you and I get a bunk bed in the top room that he showed us off, and that's where we're going to live. Uh, yes, that's we agreed on that 17 years ago. Yeah. Like, why <laughs> we, I, I don't right. even think we need to say it out loud. I, I, I feel like the big change was the double bunk bed, but I'd really like to suggest we go back to the triple layer Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, so you need to don't leave it. We need to share a room because that's how we can tell fun stories to fall asleep. Yeah. And I can tell a scary story and people be like, shut up, don't tell it. I'm scared. And I'll yeah. keep telling it. I already talked to my wife and she's fine with it. I'm and sure. I'm too. Honestly, my bag, I woke up this morning, my bag was packed, and my wife was like, Pete, when's Pete's house ready? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I think he just well, closed on it. I'm hoping I'll have a better internet situation. Uh, we'll see what happens. Might solve that mystery <laughs> or rewrite history, I guess. Why don't we move Whoa. on with our next section, which <laughs> you is keep doing that. Uh, my least favorite section because I don't make it up. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> don't... It is trivia. Oh man, stepchild, uh, Aaron C. Hollis. Oh my god! Uh, for trivia, just say yay. I want to do trivia in the comments, and we will have you do it. Or otherwise, Justin, I did trivia last week. So if you want to do trivia for a charity, if you got a charity you want to do, SAG fund or something. Oh, that's a good one. Also, the bunk beds, I want them to be really nice for us to sleep in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I if... know you're going to kick. I know you're going to kick, Alex. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My night terrors. You know about my night terrors. Justin, why don't you do it for SAG? Since, oh, do we have Stand somebody? Up, right. uh, we got... Oh, we got uh, Garbage oh, Shoot no. Droids. Adam droids. Mark, I'd love to do, do trivia. It. I've never done it before. Garbage Shoot Droids. You got it. It is yours. Sorry, Pablo. Sorry, Pablo. Next time. Pablo, get it next time. All I right. see Alex is your mortal enemy, as you established. Yes. All <laughs> right. So take it away, Pete. All right. Today's trivia is on fun comic book facts and a small nod to the legend. Dick Butkus, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options. This before... is Naked Gun, right? Please gun? listen to all three options before <laughs> making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Nicholas Cage got his name from what comic book character? Is it A, Luke Cage, B, Spider-Man mm. Noir, or C, Robert Lelogia? 
Mm. <laughs> um, huh, there's a one pretty straight up answer here. Yeah. 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 Um, what do you think from Saint, Saint Nick, Santa Claus? Saint Nicholas? Ooh, yeah, that's a fun one. Nope. Adam Arkson. It's the same. Yeah, that is correct. All right, here we go. Question number two. Who once tried to buy Marvel Comics? Is it A, Michael Jackson, B, Michael Blackson, or C, Sinbad? <laughs> well, this isn't live, right? Yeah, it's not live. Nah, nah. Oh, good. Okay, so no if somebody said something weird, we can just edit it out later. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. If we edit out the weird stuff, there'd be no show. Yeah, A is correct. Nice wow. job. Yeah, here we go. Last one. Question number three. In 1982, Marvel hosted an artist contest and a fan won first prize. And who was born? Was it A, Stiltman, B, Venom, or C, Chris Berman? Who was born? <laughs> who was born? <laughs> They had That's what I did. Yeah, it was it was A, right? Nope. Oh, it's B. Venom. It's B. Venom was a contest. Venom, yeah, Venom was a fan contest, and the fan won two hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, I think that's fair. Wow. Are you sure it's not Kid Venom? Are you thinking of Kid Venom? No, I'm not thinking of Kid Venom. Huh. Uh, Adam says B. <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah. Congrats. You have just won a $25 gift card to Midtown College. Shoot us an email and we'll get Or that Long John Silver. Or Long John Silvers are literally anywhere. Pete, what secret movie are you teasing? Of course, I'm talking about the 1991 hit, Necessary Roughness. Kevin nailed it in the comments. Shout out Kathy Ireland, another oh, not yeah. really actor who you are <laughs> somehow putting in this movie. Uh, well, there we go. Before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about what you're looking forward to this week? Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out in comic book stores? Oh, man, so many great out. comics to talk to you guys about. I can't wait to get into the stack. Uh, Sensational She-Hulk number one, as well mm -hmm. as Hack Slash Back to School number one. Yeah. yeah. That book gets no respect. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> Should I say that for the stack? Oh, man. I'll do yes, it yes. I'll do We're it again. We're going to want to hear that again. We're going to want to hear that again. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Put I'll see if I can remember when we eventually tape the stack tomorrow. Yes, definitely. Justin, what about today. you? What are you looking uh, forward to? I got to shout out two books that I really enjoyed. Local Man, I'm going to enjoy. Local Man number six. I've been loving every issue of this, this comic about a sort of Avengers or uh, 90s style super team uh, character who falls from grace, comes home, and bad things start to happen in the town. Really love that uh, by Tony Fleeks and Tim Seeley. And then Children of the Vault number three by Dennis Camp, uh, putting Cable and Bishop back together. Just great machinations, great rivalry. It's one of the uh, more fun books that Marvel's putting out. Love it. I think you guys mentioned some great picks. There's nice. a lot of stuff that's coming out. I'm going to give a shout out to subgenre number one from Dark oh, Horse yeah. Comics by Matt Kent. Mm -hmm. Always love a good Matt Kent book. You never know what you're going to expect when you get into that. Also, I was very curious to check out Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number yeah. one from DC Comics. 
Because, we should talk yeah. about that at the start of the stack. You know Ooh, what I mean? That's like, a really great idea. Good tone. editorial note, Pete. Thank yeah. You. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in it. Yeah. When we record this tomorrow. Well, there, and all of those are going to be in our stack podcast, which posts Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the dedicated stack feed and also the comic book club feed. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple wow, of people we want to thank. I want to thank Hope Larson for coming on. Check out Be That Way out right now from Holiday House. Also, Chris O'Hara for talking about Artificial, which is on Indiegogo right now. Elias Shockey and Adagam Ilhan. We're talking about the Greylock, which is out tomorrow, 1018 from Scout Comics. Nice. Or if you're listening tomorrow, today. There you go. Or yeah. yesterday. Or you can figure out how time works. Next week, Eddie Klinker and Jimmy Kujak are going to be here to talk about the Devil Paid Men. And Jason Michael Primrose is going to be here to talk about the arrival. A couple of other podcasts to plug. Scott Pilgrim versus the podcaster. Scott Pilgrim yes. podcast. We have recapped every volume. Pretty soon, we're going to be talking about the movie as well as we lead up to the Netflix series. Comic Book Club News, our daily short-form news program, rolling out five days a week. Check it out. Like a lot Marvel Vision, our it is Marvel Vision, our <laughs> Marvel podcast that is currently recapping Loki. Check that out as well. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Comic Book Club. That's where we are. Good night, everybody.